0: A bit subdued. Are we okay? Yeah. Um, hey, we've got some exciting news for you that I um, can't wait to tell you. I was going to leave the next week, but next week's way too long. It's another seven days for me to do that. So, as you know, we have, Matt has uh, moved to another church in Belfast. Uh, he's a assistant pastor in Redeemer Centre there. This is his first Sunday with them. Uh, so we wasted no time at all in seeking and uh, praying for somebody to. Um, come and fill that gap, particularly in the area of youth ministry. And uh, so we are excited to say that we have an appointment and somebody in place. And uh, outstanding character, um, call of God on his life. And uh, he just did a phenomenal job. We interviewed, we had three candidates two from outside the church, one from inside the church. But honestly, this guy outstripped everybody and interviewed with heart character and passion and calling. So would you give it up for VCD's uh, champion of this generation who's going to just do a fantastic job and lead young people into their destiny and into their calling and just to see what God has in their life. So I want to introduce to you your new youth pastor for Vineyard Church, Dungannon and Dungannon Town, Mr. Alan Cummins. Would you stand, (laughs) up? Brilliant. No speech, no. (laughs) So what we're going to do next week, he'll start this week officially, but next week we'll lay hands on him as elders, as in the function, and uh, leadership team, and we'll just pray over him and uh, launch him into that next Sunday. So do come out for that, Alan, do come out for that, (laughs) and uh, we'd love to have you with us. So my name's Jason. If we've never met, it's It's good good that you're here. If this is your first time again, let me reiterate. Thank you for coming to be part of the Church Tongannon. If you're looking for a church, a family, this is a great place. I would absolutely love it if you chose to make this your home and your family. We have wonderful people here that love to connect and do community and do uh, family together. So it's a great place to to be part of. Okay, so we're in this series called Essentials. I'm absolutely loving them. I've only, I I guess it's my second... Time speaking on it out of four conversations. But I'm loving the essential series because every church has a soul. And it's important that you understand that. It's important to know what we're living out of and what we're living for. It's so, so important because we just don't want to do church. We don't want to be a church, another church in the community. We want to actually have a soul. We want to have a reason for living, a reason for breathing, and a reason for doing what we're called to do. And that's so much is our heart, that we've got some things we feel the Lord has put on us as a community of faith. And like I said, week one, we, uh, we're not the only church. We're one church, and we feel that God has called us to do some things, but we can't reach Dungannon time without the whole church. We need every church. We are not going to fix a community. We're not going to fix a town. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to bring the presence of Jesus here near and far. And for that to happen, it's a huge, huge task. And for that to happen, it takes every church. So it's not just Vineyard Church, Dungannon. Don't hear that we think we're the B's and E's, that we're the best thing since sliced bread. Uh, we think we're pretty okay, but uh, we've got a lot of work to do. We're, we're imperfect people, but we're family, and God has called us to something. So we're talking about things that are core to who we are, why we breathe, what we're about, and we're defining the soul of Vineyard Church, Dungannon. I, I went out on the skirt of the day, It's my favorite thing to do at this time of year, and uh, I just wanted to just get my head around the conversation this morning because it's such a precious conversation, Um, and I was sitting in a coffee shop, and I was, I just read the scripture again, and a a picture paints a thousand words to say, and I know I've heard you say this before about Vineyard Church Dungan, and we are the hill, Right? Dungannon is castle on the hill, and then they've got some silly song about that, about dairy and villages and all that. There, absolutely nonsense and rubbish. I would put it out of your head. In fact, I think it's demonic. But anyway, that's a whole other story. It's a rebellious song. And so, anyway, thousand words picture. And I was reading this text this morning. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. What does that mean? It means that we are the church. We're the city. We're the new foundation. We are the people that bring life to this, pe- to this people, to this community. And, and, and we're so much bigger than a, a Sunday meeting, right? If you're a town, if God's describing us a city and a town, what happens in a city and a town? Everything happens. Life happens. Commerce, business, education, creativity, the arts, politics, health, justice, everything happens in the city and God has called us to be the city. God has called us to be the people of light and the people of light here in Dungana. I I, I don't think it's any coincidence that God has called us this town to the town on the hill. I think it's phenomenal, I think it's funny, I think it's only God, and, and I love it that no other church in Northern Ireland can boast about it, they might have smoke machines, they might have cool factors, but they are not the church on the hill, we are the church on the hill, and even if they are, they're not, we are, okay, but it takes every church to reach a community, that's what I'm saying. So I started to think about that this morning, and with that, I have a caution Because it's such a big task, right? It's such a charge that we would be light in life here in Dungannon. That we wouldn't be hidden. That we're on display for God's glory. That when people see in your church, Dungannon, they say there's a God to be reckoned with. They don't say, oh, here's religion. Oh, here's should and and, and shouldn't people. This is people with with just religious and uh, people who, uh, what do they say? Good living. I love that phrase, good living. I love to be good living. I love good living. Living good is a good thing, right? And so uh, within that, I feel there's a charge for us this morning. So there's just one requirement that cannot be lost in the midst of the challenge, to be the city on the hill. There is just one requirement this morning that cannot be lost in the midst of the challenge and the hurdles of living out our faith and building this community, building this city of God, building the church, your Church, Dungannon. There is one task that cannot be lost in this, and I want you to hear our heart this morning. So would you pray with me? Come, Holy Spirit. Wonderful Holy Spirit. You're my best friend. And if I ever needed you, it's right now in this moment. So come, Holy Spirit, catch our hearts, speak to our minds, give us fresh, fresh revelation of who you are and who Jesus is. We want to fall in love with Jesus all over again and then the people that he sends us to. God, would you come right now and help with this precious conversation, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let me begin with our text this morning. I think we should stand for the reading of Scripture. Galatians 2, 10, and then I'm going to explain what the background to this text is. It's phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. There's just one requirement. There's just one requirement this morning. All they asked, if they could ask for anything, all they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor. The very thing I'd been eager to do all along. Let me read it again. Breathe on the Spirit of Christ. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor. The very thing I'd been eager to do all along. This is the word of the Lord. It's absolutely true and it's given to us in love. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You may be seated. Do you remember the poor? Not past, present, future. Do you remember the poor? This one requirement in the midst of building a soul for this church and and seeking the Lord and, and walking with what God's doing and blessing what he's blessing. Here we are, a city on a hill, a church that cannot be hidden, will not be hidden, must not be hidden for the sake of those that yet don't know Jesus for the sake of the broken the marginalized and those who are spiritually bankrupt we cannot be hidden God is not hiding us he is putting us on display but there is one requirement this morning in the midst of the hurdles in the midst of challenge in the midst of living out faith and building community is that we remember the power these are the words given to the apostle Paul as he was launching on his first foray into church planting and mission it's huge. I'm a church planter. I, I, I know what it is. I've embodied it. I'm living it. I'm trying to do my best with it. I probably could do way better. But I know what it means to plant a church in a community and to plant your life in a community. I'm not saying I'm Paul. I'm saying I'm Jason. But I know what it is to give your life. And so there's lots of things in the mix in the swirl of planting a church, right? And there's Peter and there's James and his Job. They're considered to be the pillars of the early church in every regard, agreed that it was time for Paul to step out. I, I, I think that's prophetic for us again. It's a, it's a community of faith to step out time and time again. Step out of the building. Step out of our comfort zone. Step out of what we've always known. Never get familiar. Always find freshness in the familiar and what God has called us to do. It's time again to, to step out. And so I hear these words now and I hear them as they're written in the ancient scriptures. It's time for him to risk Maybe it's time for us to risk again. It's time for Paul to participate in the expanding of the beautiful thing called the kingdom of heaven. Wow. And all that that entails. That he brings heaven to earth through missional endeavours, through missional communities, out into the Gentile world, far out of the reach of his familiarity, of Jerusalem and Samaria, of what he's grown up with, of what he knows, his his comfort zone, his his religious background, he's called to move beyond. What he knows he's beyond he's called to move beyond what he's always lived with he's called to live beyond what he can memorize and verbalize without a thought he's called to move out of what he's known, and that's samaria and jerusalem their words of instruction to paul need to burn in our hearts as a church this morning need to burn in our hearts this morning And so my prayer is not that you catch words, not that you catch phraseology this morning, or even theology this morning. My heart and my prayer this morning is that you catch the Spirit of Christ who is longing, longing to see the poor minister to and set free. That's biblical compassion, that we're not just down with the poor, but we are reaching Out and bringing them out of their poverty and bringing them into the life of Jesus Christ. What does life to the full really look like? Yeah? Their words of instruction to Paul, they they need to burn in our hearts, not just Paul's hearts, but our hearts this morning. And when we read this text, I hope that you're saying, me too. Me too. As Paul would step out, he would become the first intentional missionary, the church planter, I think, in the history of the church. The gospel had spread, by the way, up until then, uh, in many places of the world through persecution and uh, just the desperation of believers for various reasons when they, they came together at Pentecost and they were dispersed through, through persecution. Things were happening. But this was the first. This was, this was important. This, the key element of the gospel, of the kingdom must be proclaimed and modeled correctly in this moment. This is a huge moment. This is the first. This is the big one. This is the all-important church plan. And so it's important that he gets it right. The instruction has to be right. The Spirit of God has to be speaking in this moment. We need to hear the voice of God. He needs to hear the voice of God. He's leaving what he knows. He's moving out beyond Jerusalem and Samaria. It's a huge, huge step. It's so important. The key elements of the gospel of the kingdom proclaimed and modeled. That's pretty big stuff, right? And remember, there's no handbooks, there's no textbooks, there's no podcasts, and there's no God TV, Blessed be the name of the Lord. (laughs) I went to Bible college, believe it or not. I had so much instruction, teaching, training, information about faith and life in church. I couldn't, I can't and I couldn't remember anyone in the midst of these words telling me what Paul was told. All they asked was that they should continue to remember the poor. All they asked was that they should remember the poor. And so our task is that we want to do this is essential for Vineyard Church Dungana to remember the poor is that we're joining the Father among the poor. I, I hope that you catch that. It's not just a title. It's not just my next point. It's more than that. Listen to it again. Our job, Vineyard Church Dungana, is that we're joining the Father among the poor. Uh, is the penny dropped? You want to find Jesus? Seriously, you want to see the power of God move? You'll not find it in the book. You'll find it among the poor. You want to find the supernatural at, a, at its best? You want to see power, real power? You want to see blind eyes open and deaf ears hearing? You'll find it among the poor. It, it just seems so much easier. Why? Because God has a bias towards the poor. He has a bias towards the poor. He always has. They're his people. God says if you, if you disrupt the poor, if you, if you hassle the poor, he actually says in the book of Proverbs, you're dealing with me. You ever went to school? Uh, 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 I went to school. Did you ever go to school? <laughs> it's just recent conversations I've had with some of you and just asking the question. if you ever? No. <laughs> uh, I love school. I love school. Uh, I was just saying to Matthew all day, Matthew, you know, like, you, know, you can't get Matthew out of bed, you can't get him into school. And uh, so, like, I said, Matthew, I used to go to school half seven in the morning. We used to meet as a tribe, as an army. We had I just want to paint the picture for you. Let's zoom in. Could we, we put the lights down? <laughs> put the lights down. Back in 1978. <laughs> yeah, it's actually the 80s. So we'd go to school in the morning with dream pipe trousers and brogues, tips on the heels. You heard us coming from my mind. And uh, we'd walk, march. The church with our liverpool school bags school, school. school. remember the school bags liverpool up and you wrote on them with a marker this has absolutely nothing to do with this talk i'm just going on a bit of a down memory lane and stroke city now are the focus sharon comments. is saying. now are the focus and so but so i was part of this tribe and uh, yeah we were the lincoln court brigade we were feared among nations I always had a confidence in the playground because I knew there was a fifth year looking out for me, so I could be arrogant. I was—I was actually skinny in those days. I was about nine stone, twenty-seven waist, it looked fabulous, and uh, that was my fighting weight at that time. And uh, so I would have been bantam weight or something like that, wouldn't I? And so always knew that I could walk around with confidence. And I want to say to you something, what, what, what does that have to do with anything this morning? Do you know what? The poor have the right to walk with confidence because they have somebody who's looking over their shoulder. They have somebody who's looking out for them, and his name is Jesus. And any time we mess with the poor, we're messing with Jesus. Every time we, we take a disadvantage the poor, we're messing with Jesus. And there's also something else that it t- talks about in the ancient scriptures. is he or she who closes their eyes to the poor actually closes their ears and eyes to the Father. I mean, you can't do elastics with that. I can't stretch that and make it sound like, oh, it's okay. It's not okay. He's serious about this. So can I just reiterate, we're joining the Father among the poor because that's where he is. Is that okay? I don't know why I'm asking your permission. It is okay. (laughs) Our desire as a church has always been not to ask God to bless what we're doing in our church, but rather we get involved with what God is already doing. It's always been how we did church. It's always will be how we do church. Uh, let's, let's never get beyond that. Let's never think we're clever enough or we have enough strategy or structure or uh, creativity to do it on our own. We're always, we're never going to ask the Lord to bless what we're doing. We're always going to try and bless what the Father is doing. We're having hearts, ears and eyes to see what the Spirit of God is doing. We see God's heart for the poor. And we see him moving among the weak to bring deliverance and healing through his people. One of my heroes of the faith is a guy called Avanish Singh and, and, and his wife, also Leanne. They live in, um, in, um, in Lucknow. This guy, uh, he, he's a preacher. He's set up an organization that we're involved with, you're involved with, called Grace Foundation Ministries. Phenomenal guy. But this guy smokes what he sells. Phenomenal guy. Uh, uh, he came out of poverty, he's from a very rural village, he, he, um, his upbringing was hard and it was poor, but he has one thing on his mind, one thing in his heart, and that is to see a church community, the, f- the community of faith among the poor, integrating those within the church that are outside the church, those who have nothing to come into the church and find hope and health and life to the full. I want to say something, that sounds very cool, but I would not choose it. I would not choose it. This guy is a phenomenal guy. He could walk in today into the city of Lucknow. I have no doubt. He could hire out buildings. He could bring in people from America and South Africa. He could do conferences that are coming out of the years. He could have one of the most successful mega churches in India. Could you not? I'm not trying to build the story up. I'm just telling you how it is. He, he could do that. But I'm humbled and I'm honoured to call him friend for he chooses to do church among the poor. Church among the poor. Because he has found that joining the Father is joining the poor. It's to live your life among those who have not yet been released from the curse of poverty. So that's what he's doing. He's He's integrating with those in need, not just as parishioners, (laughs) that's easy, but as friends, as brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to pray for this guy. He he prays for the vineyard, and I'm like, (laughs) oh, I feel like saying, save your prayers, but no, I'm greedy, I'll take his prayers, right, because I know God hears his heart. But he is there, and there's a long-term care. There's job placement now. There's enrichment. There's, there's paths that are set in motion. And those broken by poverty or abused often become the healthy if they chose Jesus and choose Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? You're part of that. Putting, putting things in place like job placement, enrichment paths like education. So that the broken, those who are in poverty, those who are abused, can find health and healing and follow Jesus. That's what we're doing here in Vineyard Church, Dungan. And we are finding the Father among the poor. As a church, we, we lean toward those who are suffering. We, we lean towards those who are weak in society. Well, here's why we do it. Or well, let me give you the why not first. We don't do it so that we feel good because I know there's a kick in it. There's, a, there's, there's something that you get out of it. And it's just, it's purely scriptural. I know what, I know that there's scripture to back it up because it says it's better to give than to receive. So there is actually a fulfillment in that. There's, a, there's an excitement in that. But we don't do it because we're better than them. We don't do it just to, to get our kicks and to get our satisfaction and to, to stir our spirit so that we can walk a little further with Jesus. I used to think that that's what the poor were for until the Lord clipped my wings. I, 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 I lived off the, the feeling good factor. Anybody ever done that? Because I just needed my faith spurred on a little bit more. How immature. How immature. Or we don't even do it. Listen, listen, listen to this. Listen to this. And this might tilt your head just a little bit this morning. We don't do it because we think we can fix him. Wow, well, because that's another thing I thought we could do. But well, we can't. Only Jesus. We're an only God church, just to let you know. If you think we're, remember the guy out of the big brother, Sirius Cameron from Scotland? Remember his catchphrase? It's not big and it's not clever. We're not big and we're not clever. But we have Jesus. Jesus. Only Jesus, only God. We have story after story of God doing some phenomenal things in our community, of helping us empower the poor, of helping us reach communities, of engaging us with people who are in leadership in our country, in the nation. We've got got some wonderful stories, but it's only God in those moments. It's only God, it's only Jesus. The person that we can blame it on is Jesus. We love to blame him. We love to gossip about the gospel. There's this man who has changed lives. There's this man who can change the community, can change the town, can change villages, and can change the entire world. His name is Jesus. It's only Jesus. We're an only Jesus church. All right? Guys, you've got to believe that. We're an only Jesus church. We have no other gimmicks. We have no other resources. It's only Jesus. He is the best thing since sliced bread. He's wonderful. He'll change your life. He's changed my life. But we lean toward the poor, the outcast, and the outsider because we ourselves have experienced the kindness and the mercy of God. Hmm. And so let the Holy Spirit breathe in that and rush it into your soul this morning. Just don't lock it in mentally, but breathe it in deeply. Let me say it again. We lean toward the poor, the outcast, and the outsider because we ourselves have experienced all the kindness and the mercy of God the Father. You know, God didn't look at each of us and decide to show us mercy based on whether or not we had gotten ourselves into a mess or not. He didn't. You know, God never looked at Jason Scott and, and Stroke City and he, he never once decided to show me mercy based on whether or not I'd gotten myself into a mess. Whether I was blameless. Or even because somebody, somebody or someone else did something to us. He never looks at us that way. Make sense? He, he, he never gives his mercy on getting into a mess or not getting into a mess. He never gives out his mercy because we're blameless. He never gives out his mercy because someone else has done something to us. He just gives mercy. And we sang it this morning. We love Jesus because why? He first loved us. I, I, I meet Christians all the time and they said, I find Jesus. I find Jesus here and I find Jesus there. My story is Jesus found me. It's a bit like a mouse chasing a cat. The story of us trying to find Jesus. Jesus is longing and rushing in on society with love and mercy because his longing is always to be with man his dwelling place is to be with humanity that's what he's about he's not looking for us to run after him and chase after him he's just looking for us to open the doors when he comes and rushes in towards us with his kindness and his mercy and we love the poor we love the outcast not because we've got it together not because we're better not because we can fix him because we've experienced the mercy of jesus christ in our own lives would you not say that that's a given and uh, just sometimes we need to remember that. We need to reframe how we're doing church. We need to reframe our theology and our thinking. Not that we're going to fix people. Not that we're going to get a kick out of it. Not even that it's, it's, it's commanded in the scriptures. Just because it's the automatic response to the mercy and kindness of Jesus Christ Messiah King. That's a good word right there, right? Thank you. Calm down, calm down. You're getting carried away. We just don't want that to happen because we need to keep tracking. We lean in because Jesus is there. We lean in because we've experienced the kindness of God. And here's another important message. The poor are Jesus to us. Wow. What do the poor mean to us? In the profound moment when Jesus said, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters, mine, you did it to me. He was, he was teaching us how to see the poor we don't see them as underprivileged or needy. Don't do that, but rather as Jesus. Like one of my heroes of the faith, Mother Teresa, who regularly cared for the poor in Calcutta, India, we're serving them with great dignity. We're serving them with great dignity, aren't we? Where do you see Jesus? You don't see the disadvantaged. You see Jesus. Jesus. You don't see the needy, you see Jesus. You don't see the underprivileged, you see Jesus. And when we see Jesus, everything changes. Our motivation, our dignity, our mercy, our love, our compassion. The story about John Womber illustrates this tenderness towards a poor I think it said this week one. John was known for keeping a bag of basic groceries in the bit of a car. I encourage you, Vineyard Church, Long See a need meet a need. Don't wait for a program. Become a person of Jesus Christ. Become a follower of, of Jesus. Surrender to the heart of the king. And here's why it's so important. He was looking for someone who he could give them to. And He once said this, and this, is, this sort of hit me like a ton of bricks this week. Many Christians and Christian leaders have been neutralized by the love of money and materialism. Wow and he said the adulation paid to affluence. It it becomes it becomes something that saps our energy as well as our love for God and other people. Wow. So through repentance and through the cleansing of forgiveness and repentance just means change your mind. Don't beat yourself up, it just means change how you think. Metamorphos, change how you think. We can rid ourselves of this burden, guys. In a Western culture, we can we can get free, and we can begin to let God transform our value systems once again. Yeah. Like Jesus and Paul, we can learn to be content with what we have, living modestly. Even imagine that. In order that we can give liberally. To the work of the kingdom, and to meet the needs of others, change the value system. When we change the fighting system, we give liberally. When we give liberally, we're living right side up. We're living with a kingdom mindset and we're meeting the needs of others. Jesus is among the poor. Jesus is the poor to us. It's in the spirit we seek to be a family, to be church, to be Vineyard Church Dungannon. It's in the spirit because the poor mean so much to Jesus. We must seek out those who are most in need around us in our community. I mean, you don't vote to do church like this. If you've got a choice, you don't do church like this, guys. Let's face it. Would you like to do church like that if you had a choice? Am I being too too honest? You don't. You don't. I just love some healthy people. Some wealthy people. Some people without problems. And that's me, Bard. But there's no choice in this there's no choice in this so in this spirit we seek to be the family see we're not a network we're not a movement we're a family of god vineyard church tungan we're a family we're a church if you're looking for somewhere to hang out to get more successful to network and to to, to just get yourself up the ladder maybe a bit more this is not the church for you there's all our brilliant churches maybe you could do that but this is the family of god we don't give we share we share because the poor mean so much to Jesus. Therefore, they mean so much to us. And therefore, we need to lift our eyes and look around us. With the resources in our hands, we desire to fast in the good news being shared with the poor. Both spiritually, spiritual bankruptcy is important to us, as is material. Let me read you out Jesus' mission statement. We all have mission statements, right? You remember that was a cool thing back in the late 90s, every organisation had a mission statement and stuck it up in the wall in the hall and everybody forgot it ten minutes later do you know ours? anybody know Vineyard Church and a mission statement? anybody else had been that smart they'd have got two weeks to Florida too John <laughs> the hall is yours thank you to our sponsors today Minaris and tempest can't really go back on that now The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Well, that's the reason he came, right? That's one of the reasons he came. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolls up the scroll. He's standing in a synagogue and he gives it back to the tent and he sits down. And it says that the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, today, right now, this thing is happening. This thing is taking momentum. This thing will take its place. He says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. It's happening. Not just clever words, people. Nor are they just to be spiritualized. I mean, he certainly came to open the spiritual blind eyes and take care of our spiritual bankrupt state. I know that for a fact. Being a benefactor of that. But these words were read from Isaiah, an Old Testament book. The context, physical oppression and captivity. That's the context, historical context. Jesus really did heal blind eyes, people. He really did. (laughs) He really did open deaf ears. It wasn't those who just couldn't hear spiritually. He actually opened deaf ears so people could live their lives full. Isn't it good? He spent time loving on the marginalized. He really did do that. And we love that God is like that. And the more that we expect God to be like that, the more he does. But there's a sticking point. There always is, isn't there? He expects us to take on the mandate and the mission. The more we expect him to do that, he does that. We, we can see that. But then he expects his followers to care. He has expectations, the church, to be as passionate as he was and to be as passionate as he is today. I hope, I hope that we could, with confidence and humility, say that the scripture is being fulfilled in Dungan and County Tyrone. We're proclaiming the good news to the poor, right? I hope that we can do that and begin to be around it. Let me finish up. I found a home in the vineyard and one of the things that, that captured me was the compassion and mercy in action. I I know there's other great churches out there. Here, listen, this is what I'm not saying this morning, people. I'm not church bashing. We need all the church to reach all the community. Church of Ireland, Catholic, Methodist, free P, free independent, independent and free, unprescribed churches. But what caught my heart about this movement and this family called Vineyard was Their mission and their compassion and their mercy in action. So when we planted the Vineyard Church in Dungana, we concluded that we are the vineyard. Therefore, non-negotiable, we must find the poor. We must find the poor. We must find the poor. So I'm going to invite Sharon, comments to come, and just share... Does she ever shut up, <laughs> Cheryl? Not. No, you do. You no, not you. I can just all I can hear is. Can anybody else? Maybe it's not Cheryl. It's somebody else. So did I just kill the atmosphere there? Were we were we leading to something? Were we building to something? And I was mean. I do apologize. I'll take a seat.
1: Hi, everybody. Um, yes, I'm Sharon, if you don't know me. You probably heard I was hackling a wee bit earlier, but it's a bit of crack. So yes, I just want to share a bit of my journey. Um, from I was here from the very start, uh, back in 2004, um, and I actually, well, completely fell in love with everything that BCD stands for, and still do. Um, but in 2004, I actually um, served the church by doing an internship part-time, and part of that a uh, was a, I had to do a part-time job to look after myself as well. Um, and I cared for an elderly lady at that stage in her own home. And around that time, you know, severing the division and values, those first four nights, completely fell in love with everything the church was. C- just broke my heart and made me yearn for more of that. Um, but when I was looking after this elderly, elderly lady, I felt really challenged about the other elderly in the community who maybe lived alone, who felt very isolated, um, who uh, just were lonely, as I say. Um, so I got some of you guys and myself to um, nominate elderly folks that they knew. Um, could have been neighbours, just you, whatever f- sphere of influence you were in, um, whether that was neighbours, as I say, or family members that maybe you didn't get to see very much but knew about. Um and also got the church family, you guys, some some of you rem- will hopefully remember this, the grab-a-bag, where you took an empty bag, you took a wee shopping list, you filled that bag and brought it the next week, and then we distributed those um, on a weekly basis. We got to bless loads of elderly folks, we got to encourage them, show them that they weren't alone. Um, many invited us in for a wee cuppa, um, which we thought would be about 10-15 minutes, could have lasted about two hours. But that was wonderful, um, we got to pray with them and just really befriend them. I'm at that lonely stage, um, and numbers grew and grew. It was very encouraging. We even hosted a Christmas dinner, when it, w- Will at that stage was was working with the church, Will McLaughlin, and he was like, he's an ideas man. Christmas dinner, I was like, okay. So we did, uh, we did a head. Christmas. It was, it was fantastic. Lots of folks came in. Um, of those elderly folks, we brought out those meals that, um, to those folks who couldn't get in. It was really wonderful. Um, but fast forward a year or two, um, I actually went to Dublin for a little while, um, working with inner city um, vulnerable families there in Rings which was amazing. But uh, back here in Dungannon, and as I say, Will was working with the church at that stage too. And in 2007, um, the Northern Ireland Assembly stats came out to say that uh, Dungannon had the highest rate of child poverty in all of Northern Ireland. And when that stat came out, Jason Shell and, and Will and the guys were like, we have got to do something about this. We say we are for the poor, we have to do something about this. Um, so it was really heartbreaking and something needed to be done. And, and as I said earlier, we I was supporting the elderly folks at that just before that, before I left. Um, but because um, the community heard what we were doing, families were being nominated as well. So, as I say, I on a few years, that stat came out, church had to respond, and that's where our Leaving a Legacy campaign was first. Um Some of you may um, not actually know about that there, but Leaving a Legacy was all about um, reaching out to the marginalized, welcome the lonely and the families, um, being there for the widows and orphans, Orphans to leave a positive legacy for our children, um, and to be part of that. Um, not to say we're going to do this um, by giving money or whatever, but actually creating something, and that's where this storehouse all became about, like... We're, we're here. We're still in it all after all those years. It was really fantastic. Um, and during that time, Will was going out, continuing to go out and um, doing some family visits as well um, with great volunteers and were supporting families um, and, and elderly folks with food, with furniture, with lots of different things. Um, so as I say, I had been in Dublin. Heard about this here because I'm originally from Duncannon, so um, would have been home a few different weekends and would have c- come back to church, obviously, when I was home. And my heart was just breaking. I was like, oh, they're doing all this stuff in Duncan and this is my home, and this is my town. Maybe, maybe I need to come back. Um, little did I know at that stage that Will had um, pursued some funding from Tear Fund to um, support a family support worker, and contacted me and came back and had a chat with Jason, and Michelle, and um, just was like, right, okay, maybe this is something. And I remember walking in Dublin to work one day because of that. All took a little bit of time. Um, thinking, God, what what do you want me to do you know yes my heart's being pulled but what is it you want me to do and i was listening to a worship song and um, hill song song mighty to save everyone needs compassion and i just felt god whisper in my head be a voice for those who have no voice and that was it i was like right i'm going home i'm going home um so i said yes came on to staff um so I joined in with those visits, those family visits. We went into people's homes. We just supported them, um, as I say, practically. Um, lots of lots of folks were struggling. Lots of families were young children. It was just heartbreaking. The referrals were coming from local agencies. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was incredible what we were able to do at that stage. And we cl- completed an assessment when we went into their home um, and to see how best we could help. And as I say, we gave furniture, we give food, baby essentials, advice, prayer. Um, the relationships with the local agencies just were deepened. Um, we worked alongside, we still do, Women's Aid, Sure Start, Step, Social Workers, the list goes on and on. Um, both Will and I actually sat on the, the council's um, local anti-poverty network team because again the council wanted to respond to the statistics like how can we make this disappear, how can we do this um, so we were able to have our voice heard, the church, us we were able to sit on that um, meeting and say well we are doing this or how about trying this or you know, whatever um, we also sat on another uh, committee for children's services to highlight how we as a church could support families as well so it was really, really powerful to be a voice in those meetings and to network with other organisations to see how we could all work together. It wasn't about you know, us all doing different things, it was like how can we work together to bring hope in the midst of, um, of despair of, of hearing the statistic. Because um, it wasn't, yes it's a statistic, but those are families, those are people's lives, those are kids that we are saying that we want to leave a legacy to um, uh, and be part of that legacy so we needed to do something. So, anyway, we are getting lots of calls. Uh, we were <laughs> driving about the place absolutely flat out and was um, just mental, really. It was really busy. Um, so, we're like, right, what can we do? I have great volunteers, Karen and Black being one of those think she's here somewhere we can't spot her um but yes um she would have come out with me and we would have done assessments together um but the need was too much and we needed to change the way we worked it not how we d- we did it and that we still give support away but we just needed to change that and that's when we decided to set up reach um our compassion project um to reach out and show God's love practically emotionally and spiritually um and support each person because each person matters each person matters um, so we opened the storehouse every Thursday from 10 to 2 and we invited those folks to come in we created a safe and welcoming environment um, really homely um, we uh, did an initial assessment as I say, we continued that process we tweaked it a wee bit because um, our whole thing is we wanted to empower people so when they came in for support and we did that assessment we got to find out where they're at um, and we ha- and we helped practically with as I say food and different things but we didn't want to leave it there, we didn't want them to just keep coming every week um, getting stuff from us, although we wanted to bless them and, and get my on that there. But we wanted to empower them because if they became dependent on us for support, we actually haven't helped them at all. Um, and that's not what we want to do. We were like, well, we'll give advice. We um, p- signposted them to other agencies that help. We signposted them to Christians Against Poverty or Debt and Financial S- uh, Support Service. We um, gave away, we-, we set up a rent deposit scheme where um, we were able to help with rent costs, uh, the initial rent uh, cost for setting up rent uh, of a new home, um, and had a prepayment plan back where they weren't charged any interest, which is kind of unheard of. Um, we uh, we had fuel stamps. We were able to help with oil and um, different things. All support from the local council. We were all working together to do this. Public agency, public health agency were fantastic in supporting us um, in doing that. And and ultimately, we talked about God. We shared His love with them. We got to pray with them. We got to. Um, we, yeah, we just got to bless them. It was amazing. And we never, we never forced God in anyone. We, we respected their, their situation and, their, and when, where they come from. Um, um, we just invited them to, to know God if they wanted to. And so many times folks would uh, be so impressed with how um, there was such a sense of peace in the place. And that's the presence of God presence of God was here is here um, and he wanted to pour that out in them so then they would come the following week and um, as I say we would kind of signpost them and, and give advice and they'd come the following week again and we say well how'd you get on with that you know is there anything else we can do or did you try tr- that, that other agency there did you get a bit of support there or um because as I say we wanted them to become self-sustaining again and, 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 and do life again fully to the best that they could do um, and be called to so many families were best, people were fed, homes were furnished, children clothed sickness healed, benefits sorted jobs found, folks touched by prayer and people saying yes to, de- to Jesus so it was just, it was an incredible time and, and this still happens, still happens every Thursday um, and I think on a Tuesday night as well so it's really powerful what we are doing to bless uh, the community um, and I would say get involved but usually your sphere of influence i went off then um, to have anna um and i think was Jason michelle were a bit shocked because i didn't come back <laughs> but uh, it, my sphere of influence has changed now and that i'm a mum and um i am supporting mums now and that's why i do uh, you know we're, we're Joking a little bit about the mums and tots life group and the competitiveness. I'm a little bit competitive, to be fair. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll not go into that anymore. But um, but what my sphere of influence now is motherhood. So I'm like, ha- and and motherhood can- motherhood can be isolating and lonely as well because it's constantly the kids go, mummy, 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 mummy. But actually, I'm still Sharon. I'm still a person. And so I want that for the other mums um, to say, you are still who you are. Yes, you're now defined as a mummy as well, but you still are who you are. So I'm using that area now where I'm at to support and, and, and draw alongside and encourage and bless. So you use where you are. Where are the poor in your life? Where are the poor in your sphere of influence that you can make a change um, to and, and show God's love and bless them? I'm going to hang back to Jacey. <laughs> Great
0: So good, so good. What a phenomenal job Sharon did, and uh, yeah, and uh, I could tell you story after story, but we don't have time for that. So we're going to finish up and we're going to worship together. But I want us to, uh, we're, we want to engage with this. Like I said, week one of the um, essential series is I've said the phrase, and I, I want to repeat it again if you're not, we're not. All right? I I don't want to be one of these churches where one person does something and then all of a sudden we claim to be changing a community and a culture. That's not who I am. Dave Workman always taught me, a good mentor and friend of mine, always said, Jason, stories are easy to find, always dig for truth. And I always want this to be a place of truth and and a place of uh, transparency and a place of integrity. And so therefore, if you're not, we're not. But we want to be all that God has called us to do and all that's in our hearts and minds to do as we watch the Father moving among the poor. And so let me finish with this here. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. He said, Bring beauty to earth. He says, This, your kingdom come, your will be done. If you want to learn how to pray, pray this way. Here is the problem. If we're focused on heaven, heaven's beautiful. We don't see the mess and we don't see the need. And so as we look to our world, we're inviting heaven to come to the brokenness. We can't just be a church that's looking into heaven. It's, it's trying to reach into eternity always, that we want to bring eternity into our reality. And the, I don't know about you, but I, I don't believe right now with those here among Jesus and speaking to Jesus that are broken, their bodies are riddled with cancer. I don't believe that. I don't believe there's poverty. I don't believe there's turmoil. I don't believe there's child abuse. I don't believe there is depression. I don't believe there is misogyny. I don't believe any of that. I think more with Jesus, he makes all things new. And the job of the local church is to bring heaven to earth. We're to be the signposts of the kingdom to say to people, this is what the beauty of heaven looks like, but it looks like it here on earth. So we're just signposts to the kingdom saying, here is what that prayer looks like. Heaven on earth, it looks like this. And one of the most uh, brilliant ways that we can signpost the kingdom of heaven is to minister to the poor, the marginalized, and the needy. And if we're theologically correct, to Jesus. To Jesus so how can we be it it's not reach it's not a team it's not volunteers if we're not doing it if you're not doing it we're not doing it we can all do it so here very practically there's a band are coming up let me um, give you some help here's some signpost suggestions Sharon did the first one brilliantly where are the people in need where you go think about it be aware keep your eyes open see Jesus in the disguise of the poor the broken all right Here's another thing. This is really deep. Bring something. What could you bring? Beans. Vegetables in a tin. What we want to do is we want to engage you with this. We want to, we want to do something very practical. And, um, and so we want, to, we want to give people things that they need. So as a local church, we're going to set a, an area at the front of church when you come in on a Sunday morning so that you never forget. We're probably going to... Uh, borrow a trolley from a supermarket. We'll pay for it and it costs us a pound and, uh, <laughs> and we will return it and get the pound back. And uh, we'll put the pound back into the offering and we'll get gifted on it and it will become one pound... 22p or 25p. How is that there, for genius? So guys, can you bring something on? A, ah, brilliant, isn't it? Brilliant economist here at the front. And so I want you to bring something with you. Bring something. What is it about the bringing? It's actually engaging. It's getting something into your hand. It's actually tangibly engaging. I don't really care about the beans or the, or the tin vegetables. I actually care about your heart engaging with Jesus. So bring something. Bring something on a weekly basis. People do that. Give to the mission of Fineyard Church Dungannon. Start to think how you could maybe have a leap of faith and regularly give to this community of faith because we want to be more than just what we're doing now there's so much need out there and we want to meet it but we want to do it brilliantly we want to do it brilliantly we want to support people like Avanish we want to support people that are living in Cold Island we want to bring hope and life near here and far we want to see the refugees released and come into their destiny and flourish right we want to be all that God has called us to do so would you do that? All right, I like it. Standing order forms will be posted to you this week. Uh, Seriously, I want you to think about intentionally giving regularly. It's scriptural. Read Corinthians. Paul's letter to the Corinthian church. How we could give regularly. See a need, meet a need. You don't need a program. You don't need a ministry. Do it. Fill your car with groceries. Do something. Buy a coffee. Pray. Love, give, serve. See a need, me to need. Here's the big one where I need us all to get involved. We've got to go get it. We have a vision again of bringing reach back into the storehouse. We, we, we just feel it's a God thing. We, we, we just want a, a bigger space for people to, to browse and to drop in. It's not a ministry, people. It's a connection and encounter with Jesus. I, I'm not interested in setting up ministries. I don't know about you. I don't have a ministry. Never had. It's a ministry of the Holy Spirit. This is his church. This is his ministry. You're his people. You're not my people. If you were, it would be dangerous. (laughs) You're his and only his. You're his and only his. So that's, that's, here's what I need you to do. I need big, strong, strapped men like myself. This is, this is really spiritual, but I can see Jesus in this. We're going to move all the food again from, this, from the jar into this place so it's visual. And we're going to put it at the back wall here. And then we're going to invite people to come and encounter Jesus every Thursday again, where we spend time with them, weep with them, pray with them, laugh with them, and just see them uh, changed and transformed by the empowerment of the wonderful Holy Spirit. My best friend, he always comes to reach. Mm-hmm. He always comes to reach. And so I want you to be part of that. Uh, We want you also to go and get it. We have partnership with... Uh, supermarkets that we're not going to name their big letter begins with T and the last letter begins with S and so um, they give us away free food so we need people it's not about me doing it it's about if you're not we're not okay so this isn't about we need people to do it we need your heart to engage with it and all I want you to do is engage 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 find Jesus in that so we need some car people who maybe once a week once a month once every two months once every three months once every four months once every six months whatever Get your car down to Tesco's on a Wednesday night and bring the food into the storehouse. Could you do that? I'm going to help you do that. Big strapping rugby fella that's going to be at the front door. You're not getting out. He's got a clipboard. Stand up. I'm not kidding. Look at the size of this guy. Seeker sensitive, my backside. We are not that you've had it you're in the doors are locked your children are safe please sign up it's just a wee joke so it's not really let's stand let's just commit again to being the people of god and the church of god has the offering been done michelle's asking whispering yes michelle's been done
2: Song. Um, we're singing it, but can we sing it as a prayer as well over our whole town, over Dungannon, and over the surrounding areas, over over where you live, over your streets, over your lanes. If you live in the country, that wherever you live, like would you just would we just sing this as a prayer? Um, yeah, because this is what God is has, has called us to as His church.
0: giving you a blessing this morning. If you want to receive a blessing, just put your hand out. I pray over us as a community of faith, as a church who's in the middle of being the city on a hill, that we would always remember the prayer. Let me bless you. If this gets too much for you, you can uh, just put your hands back in. But I just want to bless you this morning. I bless you to see the need. I bless you to hear the cries of sorrow. And loneliness in your community. I bless you to have your life disrupted. I bless you to love like Jesus. I bless you to proclaim good news to the poor. I bless you to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked visit the prisoner and visit the sick. I bless you to be outrageously generous when you see need. I bless you in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful week.